Hey, welcome to episode 133 of the Collector's Quest podcast. On this show, we're talking about the death of Nintendo Age, which I recognize a community for a particular type of collector, but also a very important resource for just about every Nintendo collector. We're talking about more dumb IM8 bit carts. It's old news, but they're our sponsor. We gotta get it out there. And then our real topic is that we're talking about games that came packed in with stuff like action figures and empty plastic bags. Give us five stars on iTunes. Let's go. to another episode of Collector's Quest. I'm Tyler, here with Johnny and Stefan. I am newly refreshed, guys. I have run up and down the stairs numerous times. It is one in the morning right now, uh, but I'm ready to record with a modicum of energy. Well, I, I do think that this might actually be a relatively short one. Relatively. Oh, okay, relatively. Yeah. <laughs> Relatively. And let's start with the super small topic of uh, Nintendo Age got shut down. All right. <laughs> well, let's there you go. go. Like, Moving on. Yep. Th- that's all the news. Nintendo Age is dead. Rest uh, in peace. That is, that's kind of a bummer. Remember um, all the way back in summer of 2019, where essentially they said it wasn't going to change, or there was not going to be a drastic change, or it was going to be a seamless transition, something like that. To that effect was promised, and I understand yeah. GoCollect doesn't give a shit about the Nintendo Age forums. They bought the Nintendo Age database. But uh, we joked, we semi-joked last episode that, like, Nintendo Age is maybe getting shut, and da- shut down. And I don't think anybody thought that it was actually just straight getting shut down and moved over to GoCollect forums. Because there's no more Nintendo Age anymore. It's just... You go to NintendoAge.com, it's a link to GoCollect forums. It's not like the Nintendo Age forums just moved to the GoCollect domain. It's like a totally different thing now. But supposedly, all that information is supposed to be transferred over. That's what I heard. That there would be some sticking points, but most everything would remain intact. And that the move was because of technology, which... I mean, we kind of have to believe that that's at least partially true, because... Video Game Sage came out, and that was one of their big selling points, was because the technology was such garbage and no one was doing anything with it, and they couldn't, you know, help the forums at all, that they needed to go somewhere else, right? Okay, well, so Nintendo Age is technically backed up, um, maybe partially, I haven't really gone through it. It's kind of a mess. They dumped basically the entire Nintendo Age forum into a single forum on GoCollect's platform, which is entirely different. And if you're used to like searching through Nintendo age or it's like, Oh, I know this guy made a cool thread in 2013, which is something I had to do today before I remembered, Oh, that's on Nintendo age, which doesn't really exist anymore. I'd have to search through the go collect archive, which is entirely different. So that information is there. It's just not easily searchable anymore. If you're using a searching, if you're used to searching Nintendo age, uh, and there's been one update since Nintendo age got taken down and moved to go collect, go collect forums has put, a, uh, a small Nintendo Age logo on their site. 
as if anyone from Nintendo Age still posts on the Go Collect forums, uh, is basically entirely dead, and everyone moved over to Video Game Sage. Yeah, you know, I think the the only thing that really bothers me, like, yes, it's sad that the site is gone and whatever, but it, it the way that it played out is what bothers me in that, like Tyler said, there was a point where they were like, no, it's fine. It's going to be up forever. I believe they even said something about, like, the cost of the servers is so negligible to our overhead that there's just, like, no reason why we would ever shut it down. I'm pretty sure there was some verbiage very similar to that. So... That's what bothers me is that they backpedaled so hard. Like I would have had more respect for the situation and for Go Collect at this point if they had come out initially and been like, "No, we're like here is our timeline. Get ready, be prepared." Rather than being like, "No, it's totally good," and then just pulling the rug out from under on everyone. I don't actually agree with your characterization there of how that happened. Okay. Or or the those timelines. Just because I the the rug pulled out and everything, like I I don't know. For me that feels a little extreme. Not because I, I want to be an apologist or anything, but if we if everyone already picked up and left because there was a new forum, right? They said, We're leaving, right? If everyone said, We're all going over here, and then there's no one over at Nintendo Age, and then the technology is bad, anyways. Then, like, what do you do if you're a Go Collect? You're like, well, this whole group of people, our user base, essentially, said, this is a shitty form. We can't do anything with it. You'll never be able to improve it because of the architecture. And, you know, the, that was the reasoning that Video Game Sage gave. Then, then what were they supposed to do? I think, like, Go Collect was already in a bad situation because Nintendo Age felt very homegrown community ish because dane big nintendo collector uh just kind of made it for the community and then go collect buys it and they're like we're trying to monetize all this stuff but like when they did the transition it could have been a transition where the entire database was up uh the forums were moved over like uh everyone there's no feedback anymore there's no transaction system anymore like there are features that nintendo age had like there's no like even stupid stuff like the the forum badges that uh, everyone had in nintendo age the stuff that made nintendo age different from every other forum that made it nintendo age that's all gone now and it just feels like this completely identityless, completely different forum they could have kept that Nintendo Age identity, although, again, because it was switching from the kind of community-focused forum of Nintendo Age to the Go Collect corporate forum, it was not really going to maintain that no matter what they did. Like, the example of the badges and the transaction system, those were all things that were added, like, after, though. After Nintendo Age was already a thing. Those were just improvements made well down the line. Uh, you know, what was it, like 2009-ish those came in? And then like 2011 for the badges. If you're pulling this off the top of your head, that's crazy, Johnny. I mean, I'm I'm not. I'm just saying, like, it, it's those. a downgrade. It's uh, like I'm not overnight, saying it's not a downgrade. They shut off I, Nintendo Age and they brought up this shit forum that doesn't even have like all the same forum. Like the forums are all different now. There's not even like a game collecting forum anymore. There's a talk about video games forum and a video game speculation forum. It's very clear that they're trying to shift the demographics of their new forum. Oh, which sure. could well, just be because they, they know that no one from old Nintendo age is really moving over. Well, that right. that's what I'm saying. I, that's what I'm bringing up. Like what given, like they said, we're going to do this. And then everyone bailed on them 
So who are they beholden to if they don't have a user base anymore? I mean, that's that's true. I, I don't know if they did this with the like knowing already that, well, everyone's bailing on us anyway. So kind of who cares? Well, I mean, video game Sage was already up when the rumors about it being shut down. You know, and it's not like these people aren't informed or can't get messages up. And it's not like there isn't a moderator's forum that was already talking about this. And I also don't like how Dane gets a pass on everything that happened with Nintendo Age. Like, you can hate Go Collect and you can hate everything that happened. And I don't blame anybody for that. But everybody who gives Dane a pass is... There's a lot you know, of people on Video Game Sage that are ripping Dane apart. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Because, but the, you know there's a lot of people who also just gave him a pass. And I think that is super unfair to everybody else. Uh, you know, I think his part in the whole transaction was handled abhorrently. It was like the worst possible way to handle anything, except for maybe when your video got taken down by that one moderator. <laughs> that was probably <laughs> yeah, uh, the only thing worse. I, I just uh, like I like Dane and everything, but that was a really poor way to go about it. And uh, it was it was tone deaf and frankly, a little stupid, especially given that it was a community site. And he knew that because it was a community he helped grow. I also hate how people are like, well, you know, go collect's going to make money. Did Dane not, well, I'm not saying he directly made money, but are we saying he didn't capitalize at all by this thing being here? I just hate that whole dialogue. Like that, that's a thing that people throw out. I think it's invalid because I think there was gains made by Dane for having this form clearly because he sold it. You know, I, I don't, I don't enjoy that, that colorization of it. So, yeah. It, I, I agree with that. Um, I don't really know where Dane is at with collecting as far as I've oh, heard. Like, I don't know Dane well, for him. Like, right, I know well, he like, it sounds like he like just hundred percent doesn't care about anything Nintendo or collecting anymore. Like he has kids and new hobbies. And well, and that, done. that's why I think people, I, I don't know that people are giving him, I'm sure there are people giving him a pass, but I, I don't think it's as prevalent as no. When the, when the, just because, just because, just because he's not around anymore, right? Like that's people aren't talking. No, they were about, like, you know what I mean. Everyone wanted to just hang Go Collect for coming in, and they're like, I can't believe Go Collect did all this stuff. That whole thread. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No one was no, like, and they're sure. like, but congrats, Dane. You know, thanks for all of your service, Dane. You know, thanks, Dane. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> well, Dane, you it was this really. Us. We're gonna miss you, Dane. Oh my there God. were people who were doom and gloom from day one, and then there were like the wait and see kind of people, and uh, it, very clearly the wait and see people were wrong. Even after Video Game Sage joined, uh, spun up, there were people that were like, no guys, hang around, it's going to be okay, and then the day Nintendo Age shut down, they were like, okay, I was wrong, it's not going to be okay. So I thought, oh. now correct me if I'm wrong, and you're welcome to, but it, I, I thought that Nintendo uh, Video Game Sage had spun out of the rumor that the site was shutting down. Is that not true? Is that Do I have my order wrong there? I think uh, there were, the rumblings were there probably since Go Collect bought Nintendo Age. Um, I know, who's, who's behind, I can't remember the team behind it. I know Gloves gets the majority of the credit. Um, I see BA there behind it. But, uh, you know, like when my video got taken down, I, I like BA said, like, that's it. I quit Nintendo Age, kind of. Well, since this but is it, now it's been uh, in the works for a while, it sounds like. But it, it, the timing could not have been better. Video Game Sage is like, it, it was kind of perfect. Since we are a Video Game Sage community content, I'm sure someone can tell us uh, when this episode oh, is posted. We're we're Video Game Sage community content. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
That was awesome. Uh, thanks, guys, for uh, throwing us up there, by the way. Yeah. We all have video game, Sage. <laughs> and I love, I love that the first episode was the one where I talk about my wife dying, and the one where we trashed their <laughs> we name. Trashed that their is. Name. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, you know what? You know what? As much as I think Video Game Sage is a dumb name, it very clearly gets the point across that this is the successor to Nintendo Age, and I think that has helped bring a lot of people over from Nintendo Age, and there's even people who haven't really posted on Nintendo Age a lot who have heard the news and have come over to Video Game Sage, and I'm not going to say it's the most poppin' form in the world, but it's more active than Nintendo Age has been in a while, and I realize it's kind of got that new hype boost right now, but... uh it's pretty cool that I there's like, a bunch I of like people their post. little wizard guy icon, the little wizard guy. I like him. Yeah, look, it's <laughs> it's great that there's a new forum, especially now that Nintendo Age is dead. Uh, you know, long live Nintendo Age and all that. But I'm glad there's a new place, and you know, if it's again, if it's recreating the magic that Nintendo Age had, being a community of people who were helpers and uh, cared, you know, and you know were interested in more than just the price of a game and they want to dig into some of the history and like just the nitty gritty of collecting like what are the box contents of all of these games if that's the type of community it is again then great uh you know and i'm not going to come out here and say that i loved all of my time on nintendo age and i know you can't either Stefan, because we've definitely had some seriously negative interactions there yeah in fact you and i one of the first things we bonded over were our negative uh, our negative interactions yeah. on Nintendo H. Well, yeah, that's how we met. Is people were being shitty to you, and I said, "Don't listen to these people; they're stupid." Yeah, you know, you collect however you want, which has since been the mantra of this show. That's how how long I've been carrying it. Anyways, what else do we have to say about that? Like, I'm I'm not that sad. Um, I'm not that angry that it went. I I don't feel betrayed. Like my promise, like. I feel like we've already already divorced Nintendo Age, and now it's like, you know, like your ex took someone else's name. It's like, well, you know, you knew that was going to happen. I know. I was kind of expecting it to just kind of like slowly fade out. You know, I expected it to move over to the stupid Go Collect platform, but you know, like the database would still be there, the forum would still kind of be there, but everyone was moving over to Video Game Sage. But it really ripped the Band-Aid off, and it's like, I got pretty sad. I'm not going to, I wasn't the most like active member of Nintendo age since the beginning. I, I've had an account since 2007. Uh, I'd say in the early days, I was mostly using it as a marketplace and for reference and collecting info. And then when I got back into game collecting, maybe four years ago, uh, I came back and I was more active on the forums there. Uh, and that's kind of like, that was like the main place I probably hung out and talked about games. So, you know, I was pretty sad that like, oh, you know, the place that I basically consider my home for four years now is, is totally gone. I mean, totally, but not really, because now you have video games. Saved. I mean, yeah, the, the people are all there and, and that's what right. really matters. But, you know, it's just all those little things that like, you know, even just the look of the forum, all those little things are gone now. I mean, I'm going to miss I'm going to miss all the data. That's, you know, that that's a real that's the biggest hit for me is when I want to like you said go look for those little threads theoretically exist yeah that's the the way back machine yeah well and like how many times did you google something and like it it popped up a Nintendo Edge link first right like yeah there's gonna be a lot of that I I've seen people google things and it's already switched over to the go collect archive uh which is good I think or it's 
or it's possible. So I think the Nintendo H server is actually still up, or it was, if you went to it by the IP address rather than NintendoH.com. So maybe that's what Google was showing us, but I don't know. So I want to, just before we jump off this topic, because we've been on it for a little while. Uh, Isn't it I just tough? Well, oh, probably I, not I to like 90% of our user base who's like, oh, Nintendo H sucks. Those guys are ass. Instagram, what, only what? good experiences, except for the Nintendo H Facebook group. All those Stefan's friends on the Nintendo H Facebook group are just ass. Well, <laughs> which is like I want you to know that one, the Facebook group became the Go Collect group that was renamed. I thought it was uh, renamed to the video games. It was. Group. Yeah. Video games. Oh, was it? I yeah. just yeah. got notification that the Go Collect group is also there. There is probably there were probably two groups and I was okay. part of the I know video. I know the Discord channel for Nintendo Age is also now Video Game Sage. Mhm. Okay. So that's like one thing, but let's talk about the weird thing. PlayStation Age and Sega Age <laughs> still there. You <laughs> can let still let them go. know Jeff might listen to this show. Know. We know he <laughs> listens to this show. That's true. Oh, so, other Jeff, my friend Jeff listens to this show. Shout out to Jeff. Hey, Sir, Sir Jeff. Jeffers. Hey, Sir Jeffers, he, he doesn't even post on Instagram or try to talk to us. We just hung out for one brief weekend. Jeffers, uh, Sir Jeffers, Jeff, was I just a one-night stand? Was that what I, all I was? Was it just Summer Eleven? That's real sad. Yeah. Oh, th- that's another interesting thing real quick. Hey, guys, welcome to the Portland Retro Gaming Expo in August next year. Oh, yeah. I've only Did been you... to two, so it's not like that breaks my, my whole oh. view here. No, that's like so much better for me that because October is so busy, and now we're gonna finally get all three of the Halloween episodes in next year. Oh god, so excited! Also, but uh, no, I was just gonna me- I was gonna mention at the at Portland too before we get off of Nintendo Edge. Um, I did think it was funny the timing of uh when you know because Go Collect sponsored Portland as their as the primary sponsor this year, and like during the auction, Jeff from Go Collect actually had a pretty significant speech about how much he cares about this community and how much uh you know people don't have to worry and that he's quote unquote not the asshole everyone thinks he is and then the next week he pulls down nintendo age i thought that was funny see yeah see i don't i don't find those two as linked really yeah you're throwing more shade than like again a little bit user base abandoned him stefan if everybody you knew suddenly abandoned abandon you then like what are your ties there who do you owe anything to yeah it's, uh no like seriously everyone got up and left and said go collect sucks i mean they you. got up and, and they left walked. because go collect was what, migrating got, stuff and that's what i know. think so like is that true or not like like what was the effort and he did say in his speech in portland that he was a hands-off guy for nintendo age like he was just pretty much the owner uh so he was hands-off but you know, maybe in the same way that Dane was completely hands off as, and he wasn't doing anything with it. So I, I don't know. Like, I'm just not that angry about it. I guess maybe I should, maybe I could find more anger about it, but I just, I don't. And I find, you know, I'm not angry. We have I'm so, just you... saying that there are reasons why it was a little shadier than it could have been. Well, that's what I'm saying. But like, again, I mean, how hard would you find it if you, you bought a thing, right? And we're treated pretty unfairly about when you bought it, like right up front, and that the handover wasn't handled gracefully, largely because the owner didn't do any pre-work to even help you make that transition, and then you probably didn't help yourself at all, and then all you got was a bunch of shit posting uh, about your new thing. Yeah, it sucked. I'm saying I'm not saying that the, the Nintendo Edge community just, is blameless. 
Oh, I know. I'm just contextualizing it. So like everyone out there who's like super angry, I, you know, for me, and we talked about this, the thing I was excited before, because I had people saying like, why young go collects dick, man? Like, <laughs> what are you sticking up for them? for? It's like, because I'm tired of a hands off admin who put his hands in his pockets and didn't do shit and didn't help with anything anymore and didn't let people help. Like you just couldn't do anything. Like this was a team. Like I was excited by the possibility of a team coming in and making the information better because again uh, you know every time i read i'm here for the info i wasn't like i had community interactions i made friends but that was something that kind of happened secondary because my initial outing on nintendo age was not positive seg age i had a great time met people and that was my community place and that's still the place my heart considers home not nintendo age nintendo age i was just like okay these are very smart, knowledgeable people who've done a lot of research. How can I leverage that? So I was hoping that a team was going to come in and then use all that information and make it even better for people yeah. because I'm tired of like misinformation, like constantly telling people, no, that's not how that happened. No, that wasn't in this game. No, that game doesn't exist. Like I was excited by the possibility of that coming, becoming a reality. Well, and I think that's why we were, we were so excited and so uh, much more positive uh, on the news when they bought um, Game Value Now. Right. Um, so actually, to that end, Johnny, hey guys, uh, Game Tyler, Value Now is going to get shut down. That is exactly what I was going to. That's <laughs> what I was going to ask. Do you guys think that this is just like writing on the wall for Game Value Now as well? Hundred percent. You think so? You think? Oh, it's like gone. there's no way they they want everything to be on GoCollect.com. There's no way Game Value Now is staying up. I mean. Let me ask, does that matter to you? Do you do you care if the web link changes? It no. no. For game value now, I don't care because that was just a tool. I didn't consider that a community. Like if I think the Go Collect transition of Nintendo Age probably would have been softer if a hundred percent of the database was already there on day one, because now we have to like wait to see when is that coming back so I don't have to go through Internet Archive to get all my Nintendo info. The only thing that terrifies me is that unlike either of you, I think, uh, I am the one that uses Go uh, Game Value Now primarily as my collection tracker. Yeah. Well, uh, there are a lot of... So. Again, that's another thing that got lost in the transition from Nintendo Age to Go Collect, people who had their collections tracked on Nintendo Age. And I think like people are PMing like admins to get that info back. Or I think you can actually... You can go to Sega Age, and you can get your Nintendo Age collections from there. But uh, yeah, Stefan, back that up. Yeah, if you guys haven't done that, please do go to Sega Age or PlayStation Age and fetch your fetch your collections. Any any personal messages that you had that had valuable information in there, uh, if you had pending transactions, which I know some people did, you guys should go handle that now. Um, but Tyler, you said because you use Game Value Now as a tool that you weren't sad, you wouldn't be sad. I think that's probably why I feel this way because like, that's how I felt about Go Nintendo Collect Age. for Comics looks pretty good in terms of price. Ugh, like they only track graded stuff, so I don't even know. Like if they take away game value now and replace it with graded video game tracking, it's like, well, holy shit. I guess we're all going back to price charting. Yeah, right. Because well, that wouldn't really make sense either anyway, because the game value now's tracking of graded games was abysmal. Yeah. I mean, we'll have to see what we'll have to see what Go Collect does with it. But I, I have no doubt that Game Value Now will be shut down and linked to Go Collect. Okay. Any final thoughts? Like this to me is not great news. I'm not happy about it, but I'm not like totally crushed, especially because we have video game Sage now. So that to me, that's just what Nintendo Age was. That's just the new Nintendo Age to me now. 
So I, I would, you know, I would hope we get some more out of this, but I, I still don't think that Go Collect is doing itself any favors with the way it's communicating its message out to, to the community. About. They basically did all this stuff and there was like three big forum posts since the purchase where they talked about it because yeah, i don't know again they don't really care about the nintendo age guys they care about the data start speculating on those nintendo age shirts i got mine dude i literally the day it went down <laughs> i went on ebay and looked for a hat but there was none <laughs> uh the perfect opportunity to buy a uh video game sage one instead who's the who are the go collect forums for guys so there's ba- there's like a speculation forum now and it seems like that's the kind of thing that they're aiming for uh all the people that are into that i think are on social media and like they, their whole thing is that they like kind of you not, show it off. not that they're like trying to yeah. build hype around the stuff that they show off but like that's part of the appeal of having these super cool things is, is like posting them on instagram and showing off everybody so are, i think there are I a couple for- there are a couple mega collectors, one of which actually we we talk to a lot that uh, for security purposes doesn't show their collection online much, but um, but, but far and away definitely I, not I would rare agree. U.S. gold rich leshy. Yeah. So uh, one of the only people on Go Collect forums, by the way, uh, <laughs> there is a dragoon from Nintendo Age, locks from Nintendo Age, and rare U.S. gold are some of the only like real posters on the Go Collect forums out of the twenty threads that exist. Huh. Who knew? Yeah. Who knew? All Rich, right. what are you doing? Come to Video Game Sage. Bring Dream TR with you. Where's that guy? We should get him on the show. I like that guy a lot. Rich? Yeah. You too. Rich wants to be on the show. I know. Does he? Yeah, he's got some stuff he wants to talk about. We just have to sculpt the right episode. It's always... I, I don't want to bring people on the show and not have them have the right episode to talk you know, in an educated fashion, like I don't want it just to be a hangout session. That's cool. And I would love to do that with any of these people. And if our audience is actually into that, then we can do that. But what I would like to do is when we bring in guests, have them be able to offer some sort of insight, you know, like what insight are are you bringing to the show? Because I want, you know, a lot of the bent of this show is, uh, you know, teaching collectors stuff about collecting. I'm not opposed. I already told him. Like, yeah. we just got to get him the right episode. And I, I have you know what some. The right episode for him would be something about Atari. You think so? <laughs> I don't know. I just know he's got a crazy Atari collection. But I think I he has mean, a crazy everything collection. Basically, all I know about Rich is that, besides that, he like bought part of the Mario. He's been around. He's been collecting games longer than I've been alive. <laughs> That's and, probably uh, true. Every time throughout history where I've seen a Dream TR post, and for anyone who doesn't know, Dream TR is another one of these really enormous public collectors who has posted on forums a lot throughout the 2000s, Digipress, Assembler, Nintendo Age, places like that. Uh, people would ask Dream TR who has the biggest or best collection in the world, and I feel like more than once he said, like, oh yeah, Rare US Gold, he's one of those guys that's up there, he's not the tippy top, but Rare US Gold has got about a billion games. <laughs> so about a billion if dream tr thinks you're cool i think your collection is probably pretty ridiculous probably and he was the world record holder at one point right am i wrong on that mm, i don't know i thought he was the world record holder like at us rich <laughs> Let us uh know. the uh the world record holder for video games just totally doesn't matter anymore but no. shout out to the vgdb who really wants it and we're rooting for you buddy yep okay so 
any other thoughts on on this before we get out? Because now we've we did way more time on Nintendo Age than I thought we would. I think it's fine. I I this is this is twelve years I've been a member here and it's gone now, Johnny. I know you want to like. We had to eulogize it properly, and we had to argue a little bit. And again, I'm not I'm not totally for everything that happens. Sometimes you, you we do have to talk about what the other side looks like, though. I got one more thing. Do you talk to Dane at all? So I know Dane doesn't Wait, didn't care. Didn't we just get through saying that nobody talks to Dane? No one talks to Dane. <laughs> no, and I, I only ever very briefly talked to Dane in like uh, a few forum interactions and a few private messages and when we had him on the podcast. Um, Basically, that, if you've had someone on the podcast one once, I just imagine that you're old friends. Like uh, no, all the pretty no, books, I, I just imagine you're chatting with her about Harry Potter variants all the time. Oh, well, we chat now, but like when I reached out to her, I did not. Okay, so. th- this is going on way longer than I expected. All I wanted to say was, I know that he doesn't care about Nintendo anymore, but he built probably the premier place for Nintendo collectors to congregate. It, it, it was his baby. It was this really important thing in history. And then five months later, after he sells it, it gets shut down. Do you think he feels a little bad that kind of his legacy was just terminated like that? Nope. Okay. Well, uh, he may have known. I would, feel, right? I would like, feel bad about that. If there was anybody who got a heads up, it would have been him, probably. I imagine, like, after he sold his games and everything, like, I, like if he called it quits on it and his headspace was really somewhere else, then maybe not. Maybe he felt a small twinge. I mean, it would be hard to think that he felt nothing, but I, you know, how much he felt or how deeply, I, I probably not that much. That's just a guess. All right. I mean, I sold my magic cards, but if I had started mtgsalvation.com and someone shut it down, I'd still feel kind of bad. Also, I don't know. I think it would directly uh, be influenced by the dollar amount in which you received as well. Sorry. Uh, that's fair. Probably a lot. Of he may be, may be crying himself to sleep on a giant pile of money. <laughs> I, you know, I didn't even think about that. He's like, yeah. Yeah. He did. Do whatever sell you want, guys. The website. I'm going to Hawaii. Sold it for monies. Okay. Everyone, this was going to be a short show. Yeah. Just shut up. <laughs> Let us move on, thing, Tyler. Guys. No, no, we have something super critical to talk about uh, before we get into our main topic of the day. Uh, and let's just briefly tell people what our main topic is going to be, what their whistle. I think we're supposed to do that at the beginning of the episode. Instead, we just spent 30 minutes on Nintendo Age. Well, we're yeah. going to talk. Uh, this episode is going to be uh, the main part of it is going to be about talking about games that came with pack-ins. And we will quantify that and... Uh, tell you what we're talking about but these are games that came with additional items in there not just the game could be a toy could be a book a pin you know a dvd any of this kind of extra stuff that games sometimes came with we're going to talk about those and this will be a series that we do and uh, we'll talk about if we think they're collectible if you should pick them up if they're just cool items uh, to sit on a shelf and you know help out your collection or if they're the things you should target anyways but before we do that Let's talk about some games that definitely come with pack-ins. Uh, I thought we were skipping this. I 100% no, thought we were skipping this. Nope. Uh, let, let's talk about our friends over at... I said our friends, but I meant our sponsors over at I Am 8-Bit. <laughs> and their two newest releases releases in the uh, Legacy Cartridge Collection. Is that what it's called? Did I get that right, guys? I, I believe it is the Legacy Cartridge Collection. 
Okay, uh, we really just went up last episode and we we didn't talk about it. We could have, which, which was a total miss because the topic was what is collectible, and we could have talked uh, I, about these stupid I am eight. Yeah. By the way, that's I want that to kind of be the reason I set up that episode like that, and I didn't explain this to everyone well. Was I want to then like in episodes just say what do you think is this collectible, and then us answer that like just like we three of us can bring up a thing like what do you guys think is this this collectible and we shoot it down yes or no as like a little mini segment of the show anyways these things these these pieces of garbage uh the lion king and aladdin oh my god guys this is the worst one yet this oh, is right percent yeah like this is the the trashiest of the trash and these are Disney. And, like, and, what is going on? I mean, Tell, and, someone and explain th- this. Well, and that's not to say that they aren't great games, right? Because um, they are, but but they are incredible. Like, they, well, they, I don't they, know. They I, keep... Lion King is only okay. Yeah, they, they, it's they, just yeah, got they, a reputation. The, the animal throwing puzzle is a, a nightmare. But um, but certainly Aladdin is a fantastic game, and uh, they just. But it's so incredibly common like what um aladdin is what like a like nine dollar cartridge maybe ten dollars it's the yeah. best-selling non-sonic game on sega genesis yeah and then remember so... when i said i sent you guys pictures when we saw this of sealed copies of these games you could buy both of these sealed for basically what it would cost you for one of these yep yeah guys the, these I... things are a hundred dollars did we not talk about this? On, now I'm, I'm having flashbacks. No, no maybe we it's just that every privately. single time one of these comes out, this happens. But yeah, when this came out, the Lion King, there were two copies, sealed SNES copies of the Lion King for about $100 on eBay. One was kind of banged up. One was okay. And potentially 4,500 people could choose to buy this bullshit reissued hundred dollar version rather than a factory sealed copy of the original game, which I don't know, might be considered a real collectible. Oh, I, I just want to point out this fancy version comes with a, a gatefold box. And if you look at the cartridge and the ad, you can see the right bottom corner label is actually peeling a little. You can already see the peel up on it, which I think is hilarious. Um, Wait, like on the, was, the Lion King cartridge? Yeah. Yeah. If you open up, I am a bit and click on it and you can the the picture. Um, the labels are now stamped with legacy cartridge collection. But yeah, if you look at that bottom right corner, you can see that kind of lift. I don't see know it? about that. Yeah, there's definitely some lift there. Right. Also, also, retro packing supply uh, surprises. Also, like I don't know if they purposely put in some vignette like lighting on the corners of these boxes, or they're just dinged. But they like they look dirty because it's like a white box. Do you, do you see what I'm talking about? I'm not looking. Yeah, look- it. I don't know. <laughs> so, like, the corners of the box are kind of blackish. Uh, yeah, for no like, as if reason. they're dirty. I don't know yeah. if it's actually going to come like that. That's weird. Yeah, like retro pack in surprises is not what I want to hear. If I'm spending a hundred dollars on something, could you please tell me what the f- is in there? Yeah, they did that but, with uh, Earthworm Jim too. Yeah, but guys, you might get this one. Okay, the opaque Mufasa Marigold. And ultra limited translucent Serengeti sunrise glow in the dark cartridges, which you'll never know because you won't f-ing open this thing. I think uh, this, so. Uh, it's not like I think that these these colorways are amazing or anything, 
I think the oh, Lion King limited edition is the first one that is uglier than the regular one. Uh, just it's horrible. You know, the other thing, I, I, I don't know whether or not this is a good thing or a bad thing, but this is coinciding, too, with the release of both of these games on the Switch by Digital Eclipse. So yep. it's like, so it's not like they aren't, like, there's there's a, a a version that you can play on modern hardware that's, like, sit in your, like, like, right in your face. Like, are people who are buying the Digital Eclipse copy, like, then going and buying these two? Like, is that a, really? Is that a thing? Well, uh, like, yeah, I, I don't get it. But like, because just the regular Switch version of these already came out, the combo pack. Yeah. And then, like, the custom edition, which we talk about that, why they did two versions of a custom edition. That's kind of annoying. Uh, like, it would almost make sense to me if, like, they did some deal with Digital Eclipse to actually have the Switch version, like, packed in with these. Then I could see that being cool. And that would justify the $100 price tag, right? If you were getting the the 40 50 or whatever the hell, $35, whatever the, the collection is on Switch. Um, if you were getting that in here with the cartridge for $100, that price point starts to make sense to me. But like, so like these games as an accessory to the Switch copies or the next gen copies, because I think they're on all the next gen platforms too, or modern gen. Um, that would make sense as a, like a cool collectible package. Like, but to have as these a separated... consumer, as a consumer of I am eight bit products who owns, uh, no, maybe I just own Mega Man two. I would not like that. That would make it feel like this is a special edition of the Switch game rather than a cool retro thing. The only reason I would care about this at all is because it's exclusively this cool retro thing. Although I agree, if you put it in a Switch game, probably that makes it 10 million times more palatable to the general public. Yep. But let's talk about that Switch game, like the special edition one. Okay, because the regular edition one is like 30 bucks, right? And you get both games. You get both of them, yep. right? You actually get, you can play. And you get a bunch of right now. You get a bunch of different versions of them too. Like the Aladdin one has like one of the tech demo versions from a trade show. I forget which like the CES version yeah. or something. Like there's a bunch of different versions of those games um within that that release. Yeah, but what let's talk about the other thing. So you can get it you can get it in a clamshell box. So they put it in a Genesis box or they put it in a Super Nintendo box. You get to pick which one you want. You get both, and it's fifty dollars for the special edition. It's fifty. Fifty. Yeah, this makes no sense. And then they like they come out with these the most generic effing shells. Like, go look at the Aladdin. It is the ugliest cartridge I've ever seen in my life. It like I don't under it. They it think that putting so out a black cartridge would be too boring. Uh, like no. maybe. Like I don't maybe, know if it's like, just like maybe the people who are buying these think that the colored shells are cool and they don't associate them with like cheap reproductions like a lot of us probably do. It looks so cheap. Yeah, it does. It look, and then like also if you look at these shells, like you see pictures of the shells and they don't even have the boards in them. So it's just like so trashy. Like you put huh, here's the danger of putting out the translucent one. Now I know this is just like a really bad production mock-up too. Well, it's a pre-order, Johnny. Come on, you can't get him for that. I hate. Oh yeah, this. because you know, look, I know a lot of people who make uh, repros, cheap repros that look nicer than this, and they could have had, they could have had a board in there, yeah, pretty easily. You know how? That because they would have just bought a, a Super Nintendo 
copy of the Lion King for like $7 on eBay and then put that board in there just so there was something in there. It's got it's got to be the uh, not I made but who makes these uh Infinite NES lives. They have their own board that they're going to use. Yeah, this I like like custom package design and and restoration, guys. Restoration by Django Snow Art and Design. Well, sorry, Django Snow Art and Design. Uh, thumbs down for me. This is this is god awful and the, literally the worst release yet. And I did not think I would be able to say that. Not after the Mega Man. I one. think it could still get worse. Like, oh, oh, these I have are sure these are like not games floor. that people like. I think we could still get lower than this. <laughs> well, Johnny, the most important thing to note while we're sitting on this page is that Mega Man X and Mega Man Two are still available. Still available, guys. Don't. Like, but you know I what? There you. has been a price drop because Lion King and Aladdin, they're $99.99, and the Mega Man games are $100. Oh, wow. one penny off. All right. But shipping went up, so. <laughs> no. Um, God, the shipping on these is ridiculous. Just in yeah. case people haven't kept up on the I Am 8 bit Mega Man's and Street Fighter 2, which I, I can't believe that you haven't, uh, sealed, these sell for less than they have sell for on I Am 8 bit. Um, especially when you factor in I am 8 bits shipping, but like opened copies of Mega Man 2, I've seen between like 50 would be really low to like $80. So they're definitely selling for less than it costs new, which for a thing that is basically meant exclusively as a limited edition collectible, uh, it's what you'd expect to happen, but it's probably not what people want to happen with these. Yeah, I just, this is rough. This is rough, guys. I, I, I know I've said this before as well, but these kind of reissues, like some company could take these and it could be like the Criterion collection of video games where it's like, yeah, we're going to release these stupid prestige edition video games, but they're all going to be super nice, super consistent, and they're all going to be 10 out of 10 games that we're going to license somehow. We're going to get Super Metroid. They're not going to get Super Metroid, but you know, you know the kind of things that I'm saying, like... This Lion King, this Earthworm Jim, this Mega Man X, these three hundred dollar boxes. Earthworm Jim's one hundred thirty five dollars. They don't really, they don't have the same style. They don't go together. The cartridges are ugly. They they need like a consistent design. They have that stupid like legacy badge thing on it, but it's not really a set. It doesn't feel like a cohesive set. They're Aladdin thing. They got this Lion King. It's a a landscape cardboard box. And then the Aladdin one's a Genesis game, so it's a clamshell box that's in, like, portrait. You know, like, you look at those limited-run Star Wars games, and they basically, they all look the same, and they would look nice on a shelf as a set. Not that those would be a great thing to buy either, but they're gonna look nicer as a set, at least. Oh God. Like, please definitely buy the Star Wars stuff over this if you're making a choice. Yeah. Which hurts me to say. Please don't make that choice. Uh, I, I'm 100% on That's my a Star real Wars set choice. of games that don't exist yet. All right. <sighs> Do we have any more to complain about? I mean, I, I, this probably people have to be today. tired of us talking about I Am 8-Bit garbage. I just... <sighs> okay. Guys, let's get off it. Let's let's move on. Uh, just to let you... Just because we didn't 100% specify it, um, a factory-sealed Aladdin is worth a little more than $100. So... Just get Wee. that instead of this. Because it's not like you're going to open it anyway, so if you're just going to have a sealed Aladdin, how about get a real sealed Aladdin, you dummy? All right. Okay. We're done. Okay, good. Uh, 
let, let's get into our topic, which oh, again yeah. is is pack-ins. So games that came with pack-ins that are not retro pack-in surprises. They told you <laughs> what they were on the box. Um, these are, and I, I'm going to start with my first one, and it's the most super obvious one. I don't want to call out all the obvious ones. Let's talk a little bit more deeply, but just so just set the mood so when we do the next episode on this, that everyone is aligned. First one that came to my mind, and this is just for Nintendo. I don't know if anything was Atari. I can't talk to anything PC. This is NES. And it's where in the world is Carmen San Diego? It came with that big box and it came with uh, the the world almanac in there, right? So you you got the game and this other little thing to help you play the game was this world almanac. And that was like a really cool extra surprise. It's not super collectible. It is made by Konami. It comes in a silver box and everything, but it's it's a giant box. Uh, not giant. It's, it's a little taller and it's it's uh, wider. Um, but you can get them relatively cheap. They're like $30, $35 if you want a nice one. And I would recommend getting one of those if you don't have one in your collection. But that that was for me was like the first time as a as a kid or anything I realized Oh, these games come with some extra stuff sometimes. And it wasn't like they made a big deal about it. It was just like a little, like the box was bigger and they put a little sticker that just said, you know, hey, almanac inside. Cool. Dude, when I was eight years old, if I saw a huge heavy box, I'd be like, I want this game with the 1992 almanac in it. I don't care. It. I didn't know it was in it. I'd just be like, oh, heavy box. This game's better. Yeah. So that's my first one. And uh, now I'll turn it over to Stefan, and he well, can tell us. A, Johnny, is that you? game on Genesis Two? It well, yes. Sorry, I I feel I was just yes. Did be complete? Yes. It, uh, there is a version on the Genesis and also on the Super Nintendo, and there's also Where in Time is Carmen Sandiego, which also comes with a pack-in uh, book. The boxes for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis ones are very similar, but they are not the same, and they are not the same as the NES box. The NES box was more uh, a little sturdier than those these uh, ones that came out for the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. A lot of times you they don't see them in the big box. Yeah, <laughs> they're like you don't regular see them cardboard, in the big box. but they hold a freaking encyclopedia in them. Yeah, right. The, the NES box is like a coffin top, like actual box box. Right. It's very sturdy. It's very good. And that's why you can still find them for $35 in relatively good condition because they were made to last. Even though right now, it, eBay, like these things were kind of hard to find. We, the three of us, that is, as collectors, looked for these independently for a little while. We helped each other out find them. They were kind of hard to get. Like you just didn't see them. And now, for some reason, eBay is flush with them at reasonable prices, a lot of best offers. So if you've been looking for these, now is the time. The iron is hot. Get in there and strike. Tyler, I think it's safe to say that that's our hype train. Uh, Well, we're <laughs> saying that it's easier to find than it was when we were looking for them. So I don't know if yeah. that's a good hype train. Well, they're still like all between like $50 and $100, which is crazy because they used to be like $150 solidly each version of them, except for the Nintendo version. Tyler and I were both commiserating over uh, where in time for the Genesis because when we were looking for it, it was kind of a nightmare for both of us. And now they're just like kind of lousy on eBay. I think I spent $75 for mine complete and it was like a super friend deal. I was like, oh my God, thank you so much for gifting this where in time is Carmen Santiago to me for such a price. And now there's one on eBay and this was the Genesis copy, $75 right now. Womp womp. 
I think yep. whoever sold me it is listening to the show and he's like, Dick, I sold that to you for 30. It was an amazing deal. What are you talking about? But yeah, I will say that those Genesis, the Genesis and Super Nintendo boxes are difficult to find in good shape. I know like my wear and time, I had to tape together some because it's got like the, the flip top on the top that's ripped off a lot. And, uh, and then it has the extra like hang tab on the back, right? Am I making that up? Hang tab. Nope. Yeah. Hang tabs. So uh, the hang tab is often damaged as well. Yeah, why is there not more hype for these hang tabs? Yeah, can you imagine actually hanging in that thing? <laughs> yeah, no. Huh. Anyways, but yeah, let's uh, let's what? get into Stefan's. You made me not forget to talk about the Super Nintendo huh. Genesis one. Okay, you were like, you're like, that's the NES game. All right, bye guys. Yeah, bye. Tired now, sleepy. <laughs> uh, anyways, let's get to Stefan. Stefan, what's your first pick? Uh, I'm going to do the Illusion of Gaia shirt. So Illusion of Gaia is one of my top three games of all time. I love that game. Uh, the shirt is also my fi- one of my favorite shirts. If you see me at a trade show, it's pretty much a guarantee that one of the days that I am there, I will be wearing that shirt. Uh, I have perpetually had to uh, buy new ones as they wore out because you know even the new ones, they're still 30 years old and you put it in the washing machine, they fall apart. So uh, so that's a pro tip. If you do have one of these shirts, uh, wash it by hand. Uh, your uh, your washing machine, especially if it has an agitator, will mulch it. It's not a pack in as much as a pack aside. Um, so it was it was not um, the original release, or at least it, it may have been a, a, a coincided with the original release. I'm not 100 percent sure, but uh, but it came in an extra large clamshell, and the box was on the bottom, and then above it in the clamshell was. Uh, was this shirt and it's an it's a beautiful shirt uh it's a one size fits most at a large i believe it's an adult large but it's uh it's got uh frieden and shadow on it and they're like looking at each other all mean and it's got the logo on it it's beautiful uh, i actually think it's uh the art from the i want to uh, say that artist super from famicom, super famicom right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's an awesome shirt. By itself, you can get them uh, new. They were they're gonna run you between like a hundred and a hundred and a hundred and fifty ish. You can get them more economical if you get them super super ratty. Uh, so if you are not planning on wearing it, then I would and you just want the shirt, I would go ahead and pay like forty dollars for a a well loved uh, shirt. But know that if you try to wash it again, it will probably fall apart. Um, CIB, I've seen them go between three and five hundred dollars uh recently um so but yeah uh it's it is one of my one of my favorite shirts it's awesome uh i really like it so i'm happy i was able to talk about it today yay so cib uh i'm imagining this clamshell packaging what is happening there they actually kept the clamshell packaging like intact it wasn't like cut into and people actually still have that okay well i guess it would be i guess it would be sealed then Okay. Uh, yeah, sorry. So I, I I really meant complete. So yeah, the game would be the game has it. I believe it's got its own cellophane in the blister, and then the shirt also comes in a plastic bag. I believe within that blister. Um. So yeah, the but the blister is I. You know what? It might be. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, commit to it because I'm not sure if it was like Sonic welded around the edges or if it was just like. Um, like I thought it was the tabs up at the top. I think if you I think look it, at the picture, I, there's the the like the square. Yeah, I think it might be. Tabs. I think you might be correct. I think I don't know that the uh, the blister is actually sealed, sealed, um, like exact like a box cutter kind of necessity sealed. Right. If it's not sealed, sealed, and people kept it with the shirt 
you RPG people are nuts. If like whoever <laughs> kept that since they were a kid, just out of control. <laughs> and it was like, and like we had some talk about it, but that wasn't the only, like you, not every copy came with the shirt. That was, no, it didn't like, because we're like, wait, I bought my new and I didn't get a shirt. Um, that was like, what did you read about that? That was like, it wasn't through Nintendo direct, but Nintendo. No, like, it was, it was, was it? yeah, it wasn't through like Nintendo power or anything like that. It was, it was advertised in Nintendo power, but, um, but it was a, direct from Nintendo uh, limited time offer. So, you know, as, you know, as supplies lasts or whatever. Um, but it was first party. Okay. Now, I guess, uh, Tyler, why don't you tell us about yours? All right. I've got the generation, the sixth generation collectible trading Lord of the Rings cards across multiple platforms. Woo. So I actually, uh, I misremembered this. And I, I thought it was the Hobbit originally. So there's actually there's two sets of trading cards, and I thought that they were all one set. But the first set is for the Hobbit, with all these games were on everything. So Hobbit was like Xbox, GameCube, PC, GBA, probably something else. The Hobbit on GBA did not come with a card. All the other versions came with one of four collectible cards, Bilbo, Gandalf, Gollum, and Smaug. These are super common, like $10, $15, fully complete with the card, with the little registration card. Uh, really easy, kind of a cool set to complete that probably no one else you know will have, because who cares about these Hobbit cards? Literally, you could probably go on eBay right now. Uh, actually, no. All right, I'm saying that. I have not seen a Smaug on eBay. Uh, the other three cards, no problem. So that's one thing you can complete. The more impressive set to complete is Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, on Xbox, PC, PS2, and Game Boy Advance. If you bought a copy of that, it came with one collectible card out of a set of, we think, 24. Uh, it's not like 100% confirmed because these cards were literally only included in the video games, but I think 24 of them have been found and they're like, there's these character sketch cards, there's 3D model cards of like, it'll be like, here's Pippin and he's a T-posed 3D model. And uh, just like some Lord of the Rings items. And it's just like this stupid little trading card. And there's there's freaking 24 of them. And I don't understand how anyone could ever feasibly complete a set. Because like what? Who's going to do something with one Lord of the Rings trading card? Like, okay, I've got a Pippin. It's like, right. okay. And can, then can you I would trade just trade for, for one Henry other Jr.? one. Right. Yeah. It makes no sense. And even... <laughs> To have such a big set of these cards, like what if everyone in your school bought Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring, there's a great chance that if you guys all went together, you probably wouldn't complete a single set of this. And that would still just be a bunch of people trading one card for one card, right? That, like, well, like, okay, I'll trade my Pippin for your Bilbo. We both have one of, we don't know how many there are still. Like, right. It's such a ridiculous, I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of how they could have done it better. We're like this feels like when I think of random stupid collectible trading cards, I think like late 80s into the early 90s. And these games came out in the early 2000s where I feel like this kind of stupid stuff didn't wasn't really a thing anymore. What? Mm. Right. Um, mean, maybe it was like a Pokemon thing. People just thought like, oh, cards are back. Pokemon. Yeah, I 
don't know. Like, was it intended as another set? Like, maybe was it a set released somewhere else, like a QVC set or something? Like, why do these cards exist in this, like, ratio? Yeah, that's the only the only thing I could think of is if it was like actually released elsewhere, like you could buy packs somewhere and then you were just getting one of those cards that you could then buy in packs, then that would make more sense. I I really don't think that they were available anywhere else because you can go search for like specifically these fellowship cards because it's such a ridiculous nebulous set and you'll just find a bunch of forum posts over the past 10 years of confused collectors that are like, how many of these are there? I keep buying this game and I, I found 19 of these cards. <laughs> there's like one, you know, there's like, like, there could be over a hundred of them. Like what? You know, there's like one poor bastard that's sitting on like 300 of these games. Like, just, he just keeps, oh, what? There, keep there is. Uh, God, he was in on the Sega age forum in the Xbox thread that he was actually trying to get all of these. It reminds me of like the guy that has like a refrigerator full of Jurassic parks. Or like the, you know, just like sitting yeah. on so many of these. So of these cards, of these 24 cards of which you will never complete the set, like you can now if if you really want to go for it, the one ring card is actually rarer than the other 23 cards. So of this impossible set, uh, how do we also know that? a rare card. How do we know that? Uh, the people there. There's like a small group of people who collect these. Um, Super Nintendo told me this a while ago, and I just confirmed with him again before the show that one ring. Well, I, I believe. Rare. I believe anything Super Nintendo tells me about Xbox. So, <laughs> I sure right. do. Uh, the right. one saving grace of this is that uh, this game is absolutely worthless. Um, Fifteen dollars shipped for a sealed copy. So go ahead, buy a few cases of Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring and complete this set. Honestly. If you're a modern collector, I would consider Xbox PS2 modern, uh, and you collect this set, that is a pretty unique thing that not a lot of people will have. Although I I probably wouldn't spend like $400 to do it. All right. Okay, don't, a- don't, hold on. I want to just make sure that people know this. There is, like on The Hobbit, it's the on the artwork, it tells you that there is a card inside. It does. But say. for Fellowship of the Ring, there's not. It's a sticker on the cellophane. So... A lot of people don't even know to like if you're buying it used that it even comes with a card. So just be aware of that. All right, Tyler, I got to ask you if you were going for the game set, would you require actually 24 copies of this game with the 24 cards? Or would you have one copy with 24 cards? In my Xbox variant list, I, I put the, the cards separately. <laughs> But I would, I, so I would want you to have all 24. That's the kind of stuff where like I started tracking this stuff when I was getting way into Xbox and I'm just like modern games are stupid. I'm out. Yeah, because like, like I have I have all those Hobbit cards, but I just have one copy of the Hobbit and all four cards are in it. Yeah, that's yeah. what I would do. I, I did the same thing with my my Dead or Alive Extreme Beach Volleyball uh, that comes with like the lenticular card. Oh, another pack. And there you go. Whoa. Oh, oh we just got bonus. three for one. Ding. I think there's four of them. Don't quote me. Uh, and, and by the way, what Tyler said about, uh, not seeing Smaug anywhere, incorrect. It's all over the place. You can Is find it? it on, yeah. You can oh, find you know it. what? I was just looking at GameCube. It's probably, uh. It's on Xbox and PS2 easily. I don't know if maybe it isn't on GameCube or something, but oh, it's definitely dude, on like Xbox and PS2. Yeah. So anyways, what else you got on this? Uh, that's, did I not say enough? I mean, no, I was just wondering trading more. cards. I feel like I said quite a lot. I'll I'd say that they're not anyone. particularly rare. I couldn't believe how many hobbits I looked at on eBay that came with the cards. 
And they're like, they, you know, they're like a $10 game. Like, wow, I would have thought these were all lost. But everyone was like, what am I going to do with one trading card? I guess I'll put it back in the case. Yeah, I guess I'll just stick it in this manual that I never use. And I'm really sad that manuals have gone away. But like, really, it's fine. <laughs> oh, damn it. You just I forgot to make a joke. My first game was going to be like some Wii U game that came with a manual to pack in is it comes oh. with a manual. Damn. Yeah. All right, now Did I got to cut this because it jokes. isn't funny if I just explain what my joke was going to be. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> Any Anything else, Tyler? No. What, why do you think I always have something else, Johnny? I, I don't know. Gun know shy. All right. So uh, mine is much in the vein of Tyler's as an is a modern game. And this is like a weird one. I, I have like a real one, but this is my cautionary tale. To the listeners, once you get to about the age of DS, these things come off the rails uh, as far as what games have packets. And I'm not talking about just special editions, uh, but that is a whole thing. Like, r- really, once you get past the PS2 era, the level of special editions rises so enormously. Are those all packets? Are all those just special editions? If it's not called specifically a special edition on the box, what is this? Just a variant. And so this one I'm going to call out is like a funny one that I think I've mentioned before, but it is Power Rangers Samurai for the DS, and it comes with an action figure. It's just a weirdly long box, and it's got a little window in it, and it's got a little samurai figure. I have not confirmed if there are more than one figure, or if it's only one figure. I just thought that... uh I just thought about that right now that I've never checked on that. But yeah, it's uh it's this weird pack-in. It's not expensive, but it isn't very common either. So you could probably pick this up right now, twenty-ish dollars. Uh the regular version of it costs. Well, about okay, 15. you say twenty-ish dollars because there happens to be one for twenty dollars on eBay, but if that's gone, it's probably gone for like a year. Right. right. Well, that's what I was that's what I was getting to. Okay. That this is that this right now is twenty dollars, but we have this horrible trend right now, especially in DS games, of because it's not for sale, people like if they don't see a copy on eBay, they just put it up for five hundred dollars, and then people think, oh my god, DS stuff is rare because the system isn't flushed out, and it's like a thing that totally annoys me. There's like, oh, I'm gonna put it up for four hundred, five hundred dollars now because I'm the only one on eBay. And this is not great. And it's just that people have not fully come into tune with DS as a collectible system yet. So then this is the same problem that carries on DS. You get into the Wii U, you get into the 360, the PS3. All these games have these kinds of issues. I caution you, if you are someone who just likes to collect games with packets, and I know, I know there are people who enjoy those. I am one of those people. The DS is a nightmare. The Wii is a nightmare. The PS3 is a nightmare. Like, all these systems, it's everything you hate about modern gaming. And, uh, you know, you'll just be stuck. You'll be stuck, like, looking at all this stuff and with extra big packages that don't fit on your shelves very well. Like, be very selective. Uh, I think PS2 and below, I think most of the packages are very cool. Uh, You can find them pretty, like, if you can find them, like, they have value and people want them, but like this new stuff is bad. Even though I think this, like, I, I think once games that come with little action figures are cool, and this is like a Power Rangers figure. People, it's a, you know, a prominent toy from from a time frame when I was uh, a little too old for toys, but uh, like Tyler's age, like 
Power Rangers was a huge deal. Like people collect those figures. Power Rangers so. was my thing. It, for yeah. some reason, it's not collectible. It's weird. Like, well, yeah. first of all, like Power Ranger Samurai, no one gives a shit about Power Ranger Samurai. But Mighty Morphin Power Rangers was my generation of kids, like Transformers or Ghostbusters or whatever. And I don't like no one really loves it still. But I feel like everyone still kind of loves Transformers and GI Joe if that's what they grew up with. It's kind of I, a strange I, thing. I think you just don't run in that circle. Like, I think Power Rangers... Oh, I know pretty... there's, like, conventions that are specifically devoted to Power Rangers. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you could walk and, like, up to someone... Do... You could walk up to someone who's 38 years old and be like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? And they'd be like, yeah, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I don't think you can do that with Power Rangers for whatever reason. Uh, I mean, I think it's becoming more of that as people... As those people get a little older. I, I'm seeing it more, but definitely, like... For the last five or ten years, I hadn't seen it, but now it's starting to come into some prevalence. I don't know yeah. what where people are on the spectrum of, uh, you know, holding on to nostalgia items in that age range. Though. Well, and they've also done a lot of like legacy re-release re-releases for Mighty Morphin. Um, like you can get re-releases of all of the Zords. You can get re-releases of I think most of the Rangers, if not all of the Rangers. So, um, so that 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 content is still out there for them to consume. All right, if they're doing that, then maybe I just don't run in the Power Rangers crowd. Okay, so that was like my cautionary tale, but my my real one, and this is weird, uh, it's for the N64. So I I like collecting Disney stuff just in general. My wife loves Disney. It's always cool when I bring this stuff home. This is Pixar, uh, specifically, I think, during this era. It's Toy Story 2, and it it's like one of my favorite packages because I've told you before, I love movie tickets. This is the version with the movie tickets. It says in a little badge on the front, movie tickets included. But it's not the movie tickets that are included in the manual like some of these other games you've seen. This one comes in a, a little slip that the tickets come in like like you were walking up to the theater and you were going to the will call desk and they were just sliding, sliding you a little package of tickets. And I just find that quaint. And I, I like it very much. So that's my real one. It's, you know, if you find it, it can run forty to fifty dollars, but I've seen it go for as high as a hundred, and I've seen it go for twenty because people aren't really looking for that. So this isn't one that you know people are clamoring for. There's some uh, N64 collectors in the know. Uh, condition is king on this, but like find whatever condition you can find it. If it's got the tickets in nice condition, grab that. Upgrade the box later, uh, but find the one with the tickets because the game is not all that hard to find. Uh, especially just the box without the tickets, uh, because a lot of people use those tickets. They were a consumable item, you know, so that's why I like those, because most of them just disappeared to time. I think also paper pack-ins are much more likely to fly under the radar, and and I think they were changed out more often, too, like especially in like the GameCube, PS2, Xbox generation, where you'd have three or four different revisions of a game that had a you know different paper pack in it, you know? Um, right. So, so yeah, I think you would just, it just, it reminded me when you said that you could get them for $20 because they fly under the radar. I think that's that's true for a lot of, especially paper pack-ins, because a lot of times they're poorly labeled, or like you said, they'll they'll only label it on the cellophane, or um, or they'll just have it for a very short promotion and then change it out to something else. So, um, yeah. All right. That's all I got on that. Cool. Nice addition. Um, okay. Uh, well, just keep rolling, Stefan. Let's talk about your second one. Yeah, uh, Batman Rise of Sinzu for pretty much uh, GameCube, PS2, 
and Xbox. It was so, also on the GBA. Was it? Did was, is there a? But is there a? There's not a commemorative edition, right? Nope. So on the home console versions, um, they so Xbox and PS2. There are they are labeled as commemorative editions. They are big box, so it's like a double wide um, or quadruple wide. I think if you're looking at DVD cases, the GameCube version comes with a lithograph that literally no one cares about. Uh, you can get them sealed for like fifty, sixty dollars. Um, but the uh, the Xbox and PS2 versions came with action figures, and so the Xbox versions, which tend to be the rarer or slash more expensive uh, versions, uh, come with either Batman or Batgirl, and those will those will run like one fifty to two fifty. I will say that a lot of times, so these things were sticker sealed with just like a, a clear circle sticker. Uh, and so a lot of times you'll buy them or you'll see them not advertised as sealed, uh, but then you'll get it and you'll be like, hey, that's awesome. It's sealed. So that's something to look out for um, to, to see whether or not you have the sticker seals intact. And Because I've actually, my Batman um, was not uh, listed as sealed when I bought it. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so the Xbox version comes with Batman or Batgirl, and then the PS2 version comes with Nightwing or Robin, which I learned today are two different people. Thank you, Johnny. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> You're pandering to that comic audience. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, I need to say this. Um, Stefan asked, uh, is Dick Grayson Robin or something to that effect? Yeah, no, because Johnny said that Robin is not Dick Grayson, which I was, in my head, I was thinking of the character and not the, like, actual, like, version of the character that the action figures represent. But yeah, so Nightwing and Robin uh, are on PS2. Uh, those are also less expensive than the Xbox versions. I see them as low as 60 but uh, but still, I mean, if you're desperate, you can still find them for like, like 200 250 uh, on eBay. I just don't see them actually selling for that very often. I think that's all I got on that. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm oh, oh no, I do actually oh. have one, one other thing. Um, okay, go ahead. On the Xbox copies, there's a window in the back, so you can actually see the action figure. But on PS2... Uh, there is no window. It's just a picture of the action figure, which is just not as cool in my opinion. But um, but yeah, so uh, the Xbox versions, you can actually see like the quality of the action figure and making sure it's intact and all that um, from the listing. But uh, but the PS2 one, it just shows a, fo- a photo of the action figure on the back. So um, you just kind of got to cross your fingers and hope it's okay. Yeah, so I want to just clarify your story there because you said... Uh, Dick, you said Nightwing and Robin, they're the <laughs> same person. And I went, no, like, that's why I corrected you. I'm like, no, these depictions. I'm like, Dick Grayson is Nightwing right now. And Tim Drake is, Ro- or, yeah, Tim Drake is Robin as these figures are depicted in, in Batman, the an- animated series. Right. Which is which is why I got confused because yes. I I was thinking you know because Dick Grayson at one point was Robin right and then right. Yes. and then became Nightwing so then that's when I that's where I got confused yeah and then we had a a, a brief conversation about Jason Todd and how Judd Winnick ruined <laughs> Batman so if you guys don't know I know you comic people are just in it for the money but uh, oh, Judd wow. Winnick ruined Batman. And I just want to put that out there again publicly as many times as I can. Judd Winnick ruined Batman. Jason Todd should be dead. Okay. Anyways, moving on. 
Uh, okay, so I just want to say that I looked this up because I couldn't believe it. Uh, I'm looking at a Batman edition of the PS2 version of the game. Because I could not believe that they would give PS2 Robin and Nightwing and then Xbox gets Batman because PS2 was the console. And yeah, but I think if you're an action figure collector, Batman is all over the place. He's the most com- dirt common figure you can find, especially Batman, the animated series figures. He was in like 55 different suits in every bulk bin. Like getting a Batgirl, Batgirl, that was like the real nab for Xbox. I think that was the most desirable figure. Well, if you're a video game collector, you probably don't give a shit about any of this stuff, and you're just like, I know Batman. I want the Batman. No, but you were crossing over into, uh, into toy people world, like, and they started doing that with some of the the animated movies, too, putting figures in there. Yeah, my... Uh, as someone who loves Batman, like, and I was like, should I be buying these for the toys? And, like, it was... I'd have a deep conversation with myself and agree not to buy them unless they were part of sets, so... And not all of them. So you're saying, though, uh, Tyler, that there's a Batman. So it's Batman, Nightwing, or Robin for PS2? I don't know. I'm just saying I'm looking at a Batman. Also, it has a window. So I don't know uh, what you're yeah. on. Oh, wait. Huh. The Robin doesn't have a window. Oh, this is so weird, dude. So Robin doesn't have a window, but I saw Neither uh, does Nightwing, Nightwing and Batman with windows. Really? Uh, that, the Nightwing I saw did not have a window. Yeah, me too. Whoa. Oh okay, see, this is the kind of nitty-gritty PS2 collecting stuff that you're going to have to tell us, Stefan, after you complete the PS2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to, but I'm sure someone has all of the information on the PS2 ones. Uh, I I do own the, uh, the Batman and the Batgirl for Xbox. I just have a Batgirl. I remember there, there was like this huge like warehouse of a bunch of new old stock stuff. Uh, that was hyped up by a certain YouTube channel on Instagram. And then when they actually toured it, it was mostly kind of garbage. But I distinctly remember they had dozens of sealed copies of this. Uh, and there's even like a bunch of sealed copies of the Xbox version uh, right now on eBay. Yeah, weird. Batman definitely has a window on PS2. Weird. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it also says how the print run of each somewhere. I think it was 30,000 of each. Uh, Okay, no, it's a uh, fifteen thousand of each Batman and Batgirl on Xbox. It might be different on PS2, but there's a bunch of them. Yeah, weird. Anyway, uh, do we have more on that, or Tyler, you want to spin yours up? Uh, mine is I'm gonna pick a PC game because guess what? PC games are cool. Oh guys. God, here we go, uh, Stefan. And it's gonna be like one of the most classic games that came with stuff. Uh, Infocom Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Basically, any PC game from that era is what he meant to say. Yeah, exactly. So, Infocom, <laughs> I don't know if they pioneered this concept. I'm going to say they pioneered this concept because I'm pretty sure they came up with the term feelies. I believe you are correct. Uh, which is just a... They would just throw a bunch of garbage into the game. like Not like today where it's like, oh, have this art book and this giant statue that you don't need because all it's going to do is live in the box. Uh, they, so, they would limited run games it. <laughs> Wait, hold Put on. Put in a bunch of trash. Damn. To make it a special I dish. feel like limited run games doesn't even give you trash. They just give you like a throwaway soundtrack CD. You're getting me off base here, Johnny, because I don't like limited run games, limited editions. Uh, I kind of wish that games were more like these Infocom games were. But just to to tell you what's in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's a bunch of stuff that you encounter during the game, and it doesn't really 
it doesn't do it usually doesn't do that much it's just like oh i came across the fluff the pocket lint and i have it it's here in my hand that's a neat thing uh it's so almost a neat thing it's a neat thing that it comes with no, all this tack it, that, garbage. that's fine but it doesn't come with the key item it doesn't come with a towel Hitchhiker fans, roll with me on this. Yeah, absolutely. They didn't put a towel in here, even because a towel small towel. a towel costs more than 10 cents to produce. But That's not what these were about. But you could have put it like a, a disc cleaner shaped like a towel. Isn't Tyler, isn't one of those feelies in Hitchhikers an empty bag? Yes. So <laughs> let me go over the, the whole, the whole everything you get, the, the cornucopia of wonderful items. Uh, the microscopic space fleet is an empty plastic bag. You get the pocket lint, which is a bit of cotton. Uh, don't uh, don't panic button, like a button that you could like put on a shirt. The peril-sensitive sunglasses, which is just a small bit of cardboard that is pure black, fashioned like a pair of sunglasses, that just block your vision. And then you get the destruction orders for Earth and the destruction orders for Arthur's house, which are kind of like little newspaper articles. Those feel like actual things. But it's just like some cool stuff. Sometimes when they did this, they would use it as a form of DRM, like they would include like a code wheel or something. And it wouldn't be like you start up the game, enter the code like some Sierra games did, I remember. But uh, it would just be like in the middle of the game, you have to look at your code wheel and figure something out. And it's like, oh, no, I copied this disc from a friend. I don't have a code wheel. Um, to be fair, if Arthur didn't want his house blown up, he could have found the proper paperwork. They... The Vogons did file it, so it was there. He could have stopped it if he didn't want to bypass going through Earth. That's true. I, I've read these books so long ago, I can't comment on your your deep knowledge, Johnny. I don't think that's... that's I know, that's not deep knowledge. knowledge. That's like chapter one. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, they're Vogons. Anything else you want to know? Okay. So I, I actually played this, um, I think, on my dad's TRS-80 right after reading the book. Um, cause it, like, this was actually my, um, so I'm 30, so figure out how old my parents are. I guess you can't. My parents are probably in yeah, their that's not how it works, early Tyler. to mid sixties, I'm going to say. And this is a game they talked about all the time. Both of them apparently played the hell out of this. So they made me play it after reading the book. Uh, and I will say it follows the book like exactly if I remember like very specific things you remember happening in the book that would not normally be construed in video game form. I guess if I haven't mentioned, it's a text adventure. All Infogum games are interactive fiction. So if you like graphics, you probably won't like this game. Uh, what else can I say about it? It's part of the Gray Box game series, which uh, from 1984 to 1989, there's like 30 or to 35 Infogum games that more or less look the same. It's kind of this greenish gray box. And the games you'll see in this uh, Zork 1 to 3 uh, suspended, a cryogenic nightmare, leather goddesses of Phobos, a mind forever voyaging. Uh, for all you guys way into text adventures, you're like, oh yeah, of course I know those games. Um, so just like the black box games, these are going to be worth thousands of dollars one day because they are the pioneers of interactive fiction. I actually kind of love uh, that this game exists. I, I would love to play it, actually. That sounds fun to me. I guarantee you could literally type Hitchhiker's Guide Infocom and there would be like a browser version you could just play. Although if yeah. I remember correctly, it is uh, kind of hard. So it's probably something you kind of got to sit down and do. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was like in the, the also in the days where like you could you could permanently f 
yourself out of being able to finish a game uh, and infocom games did that yeah games were weird in the 80s man especially adventure games LucasArts figured it out after they dealt with their Maniac Mansion, Zack McCracken crap. But uh, no offense to Maniac Mansion fans, Stefan. Anyway, so uh, Hitchhiker's Guide, it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 50. There's so many different platforms and like so many varying levels of completeness. Uh, I just looked at a couple that were complete with all this crap that were selling for about 50. But there's like it's on like Atari, TRS-80, Commodore, IBM PC, Apple II. Uh, if you're going to collect this stuff, I would recommend picking a platform and kind of sticking with it to make your set more uniform. But a lot of people just for all this old stuff, they're just like, whatever, I want a copy of the game. But yeah, that's uh, that's Hitchhiker's Guide. Kind of want one. You should get one. They, they, like, it is super common, uh, especially Hitchhiker's Guide. I th- it's probably the most common Infocom game. There's a ton on eBay. It's Infocommon. Is it Infocommon, Tyler? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you should get uh, suspended a cryogenic nightmare. If I remember correctly, you are an AI that controls robots in that game because you're suspended in cryogenic suspension. Johnny, <laughs> yeah. are you done? Do you have a game? What's going on? You're, I, uh, are, I started us off. I started us off. I was Wait, just we... letting you do your thing. I thought we you got... were. You said you had seven games. I did. I put. I had. Oh, you did them all. The yeah, I cool. did mine. All right. Are you ready? Are we ready to move on to the other part of the show that we do? I'm the so second fifty percent. Oh. Yep. Uh, let's talk about. Uh, we can either talk about if someone won collecting, or we can just talk about what we bought and if we played anything. Uh, we can. Uh, we can make it all three. You can tell me who won. Um, Stefan. You don't get to go first. Tyler, it's your turn. Tell me what you bought and what you played. Tell me why you won collecting this week. What did I win? There's not a lot of things you would consider me winning. Like, I could tell you I bought the Sonic and Knuckles collection sealed big box on PC for 20 bucks. Gross. Uh, you are not winning. Oh, boy. <laughs> I uh, I did not win. I got a, <laughs> got a gatefold. A gatefold air sea battle on twenty six hundred. Oh no! Twenty dollars. No, one of the no. We games. we can we can be happy for him on that. He's been looking for those, Johnny. Come on. Every time he talks about those, he's like, "Oh my god, I want them so bad." Okay. I like. I hey, want them. Tyler, I'm really glad you found the things you were looking for. Thank you. There's two more on eBay right now for fifty and seventy dollars. That guy can go screw himself. Thirty or less, give them to me. Uh, I did get uh, a complete in box Fuchsia Game Boy Advance. So. Uh, Ooh. I love that one. Yeah, when in like whenever Game Boy Advance came out, two thousand one, it was like the hot new toy. So for Christmas, I believe my grandpa like went to Target or whatever, and they were out of every color except fuchsia. And so that's the one he got me. And he's like, "I know it's pink, and you're a boy, but are you okay with it?" And it's like, it's a Game Boy Advance. Of course, I'm not going to return it and try to wait a day to get the color I want. Uh, So I'm just real nostalgic for that color. Nice. And uh, yeah, I like that color a lot. It is cool. I like it. And now, now like pink's my favorite color because I'm an adult and I can make my own choices and not have society decide that I like blue over pink. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I love my pink systems. I have a whole suite of them. You're so cool, Johnny. I do some things okay. I got a, uh, a complete Castlevania adventure. Uh, Ooh, a great, so a great one. Game Boy game and everyone's wrong about it. 
And then I got the Dragon Warrior mail contents that came with the Nintendo Power copy of the game, See, like the letter. You, you just speak in my language. You just said Dragon Warrior and, and Castlevania. Now you're helping yourself. And oh, mail yeah, contents. Uh, I don't even like Dragon Warrior. Ooh. I just think that like having all that, like any kind of letter, if you show me a letter from the 80s, I'm like, hell yeah, that's a letter. I want that. Any letter, like the Steel Battalion beta on Xbox came with a letter and I don't have it. And forget, I forgot someone that I talked to has that letter and I'm super jealous of it. Letters are cool, a, man. Yeah, there's uh, uh, Raiden Trad has a letter. That's my favorite one. <laughs> Especially oh, that's the more of a, that's like an apo- yeah, I guess that's a, it's like a note. Another pack in. Did it do bonus? Yay. Also, that one had a controller, right? Uh, so, yeah, that was something I would pack in with a controller. Wait, what? What What had a controller? Okay, Raiden Trad, go look it up. Okay. <laughs> um, You got anything else? What'd you play? Um, Did I say I played Goldeneye last time? No. I played through Goldeneye. That game is fantastic. Uh, did you play I, any Halloween games? Because you surely only made one Halloween post. Yeah, I did not post on Instagram very much in October. You mm. sucked. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. I like I I got the new Call of Duty with my video card, so I played some multiplayer in that. It's it's what I think Call of Duty is. Oh, I played man. Final. I'll, I'll get the new one, and then we can play cross platform. Uh, we can. Yay! Yay! I'm not a huge fan of it. I'm. It like it should be the kind of game I like because I like fast paced multiplayer shooters, but just just give me Quake. Quake one is the it's the perfect game. Unreal Tournament ninety nine, another perfect game. Pick one of those. But uh the real game I played, I guess, is is Final Fight. I played Final Fight C D. because oh. it's the Game T Z game of the month. And uh at least one person on Game T Z says it's the best beat 'em up ever made. Uh Final Fight is generic and awful. And it has this like really kind of unfitting upbeat music. Uh, and you kind of just go through the six levels that have pretty much the same enemies every time. And then you get mini bosses, which are just bullet sponge versions of those same enemies. And it's real boring. And I hate it. I had it. I liked Hagger. But as an adult, I thought it was not all that interesting. Stefan, tell me yeah. how you won collecting this week and what you played. I don't think I won collecting this week. Uh, this was a quiet week for me, you know, because I have these like huge explosions of awesome, and no, then I have you, you just posted you, like your Howard and Nestor like yeah, that was stuff that I did already I mentioned that last up week. A, oh, okay. But you did go. You and I did go to a little convention together where you did complete a set. I did. I did complete the GameCube Black Label set um, with the uh, addition of the that slot car game. That I, uh, that I, yeah, Groove Rider that I had talked about a couple episodes ago. And I was like, oh, they'll definitely have it at Portland. And, uh, and I didn't end up finding it at Portland because I was busy. But, uh, but, uh, Grant G. Dubley on, uh, Instagram <laughs> found it for me as he was traveling, uh, across country. So he brought home the a copy of that for me. So, yeah, I, nice I, I got, uh, I got that on GameCube. Uh, I, so, so, there was the sealed copy of Lost Vikings on the GBA that I wanted, right? And so, so I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna... Oh, look! No, 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 no! So no, no, bad, my story. On it. This is my story. So I, uh, so I looked at it and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll come back for it. And so I put it back and I, I went around. That's not what you did. And then, and then I was talking to Johnny. That's not what you did. And then I was talking to Johnny, and, uh, and I'm like, you know what? I think I am gonna go back for that game. That's and not so, how that happened. And he goes, wait, no, 
you can't because I already bought it. And I'm like, wait, really? That's not like, how this yeah. happened. That is exactly how that happened. No. <laughs> you what? bought a game. That's that exactly how at. this happened? Man, you <laughs> did you take a copious amount of drugs before you told this story? <laughs> what happened? Okay, so he passes on this game. And I like, and this, mind you, I come to it like an hour later and still sitting there. I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, this is cool. Um, like, I had just bought uh, one of the other games with this box type, uh, Blackthorn. It's a Blizzard game. And Rock and Roll Racing and Portland Sealed. Um, and I was like, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll get Lost Vikings. I'm like, that's really weird. And the guy that uh, I was buying it from happened to know Stefan. I'm like, I'm really surprised that Stefan didn't buy this because he loves Lost Vikings. And he goes, oh, you know what? Stefan picked it up and he decided to pass on it. I said, oh, okay, well, he passed on it. I, I think I'll buy it then. So I buy it. And then I come to Stefan and I'm like, hey, man, I'm really surprised you didn't buy that Lost Vikings. You see where our stories are not exactly lining up? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And here's where they meet back. He's like, uh -huh. oh, yeah, I was thinking about it. I wasn't sure. He's like, but now that I'm thinking about it, I think I would like to buy it. I'm like, well, you can't now because I bought it. <laughs> That's how that actually happened. And then I was good enough and I don't know if he capitalized on this, to text him an auction link for one sealed for only $2 more than I paid for the one I bought. Yeah, it, it, that was actually the that was the seller that you bought it from at the show on eBay. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, I just, I, I don't yeah, want so to call I, that to I did end up, I did end up uh, with a Lost Vikings for the GBA sealed uh, at that show. And so now I have Lost Vikings 1 and 2 for the Super Nintendo sealed and Lost Vikings for the GBA sealed. So that's awesome. Um, Stefan, do you know what the only collectible version of the Lost Vikings is? It's the PC Big Box version, which is a $50 game. That's, that's not true. Well, he also, uh, you, all, you also have the cool Lost Vikings statue. I do. Yeah, the, the Blizzard employee statue. I I I bought um I bought a really cool um Wavebird pack in with uh Metroid Prime so it's yeah. the the it's a, then it, I, so originally I was looking for it because it's got it's uh the actual uh DVD case for the game has a it's a cover variant because it actually says it has a a logo for the offer for the Wavebird on the uh, printed on the actual cover. Uh, and so as I was looking for that, uh, I've had ended up finding because normally there's a couple that sit up, up there for like there's a, a Mario Party 4 one up right now for almost a thousand dollars. And uh, and this one is up there now for like seven hundred dollars. And uh, so but there was a live auction one and I ended up getting it for like under 200 bucks. So I was, I was pretty excited about that. Um, and that's just something that's that you don't really ever rad. see. I think yeah. that's amazing. And you got it at a really good price as far as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, right for an auction i think that i don't know i guess i don't just i'm just to show that people overprice the stuff they just stick stuff up there and hope someone will buy it at big prices i guess and that's why they sit there for you know a year we've talked about this phenomenon it's not new people people do this all the time if you want like this version that stefan has and you don't care about the packing you can get it for 20 bucks yeah or less yeah that's really really yeah. inexpensive but yep. as so the the even the stupid Kmart Metroid Prime that would be like seventy five dollars alone sealed if it wasn't attached to the Wavebird and sealed Wavebirds are desired desirable on their own and you kind of put them together into this Megazord of Metroid Prime and Wavebird 
which makes it a really cool package. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so Johnny's wrong on this one. It's cool. Meh. I also bought a Sega Pico shirt because um, it was free with uh, eBay bucks, essentially. But I saw it and I wanted it. So I have a Pico shirt now that I put on Instagram. I basically bought it so I could take the picture. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think that's I think that's about all that I bought this time around. Um, I did have a, a big weekend at Portland, but I think I covered everything I wanted to cover uh, at Portland. Um I have been getting just a, quite a bit of internal uh, production stuff for Nintendo Power uh, to the point where between like the shoes that I've already talked about and the Howard and Nestor stuff that I bought uh, at Portland and um, one of the internal artists that I sort of bought out his portfolio, uh, I think I'm getting close to enough to have a museum exhibit at Portland next year focusing on internal Nintendo Power production art. So that's really really cool i'm excited for that oh dude you uh, got <laughs> you got like the most minor piece of ninja gaiden art uh ninja gaiden 3 art specifically it's like the it, the art that goes behind the little box that says stage eight or something yep yep yep, yep. uh i'm super jealous of that because that's yeah, super cool it's funny because they they really i mean i have this beautiful uh painted uh picture of the um Vic, uh, what the hell's the name of the the greatest ship? Vic Viper, right? Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, it's a gorgeous picture of that ship, and it's just this, you know, it's a sizable, like an eight and a half by 11 hand painting, and uh, it's for this, the tiniest thumbnail. Like, it just goes to show that that publication had so much money, and they just, like, threw... Uh, artists at it just for these you know these beautiful paintings for these tiny 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 pictures uh, it's pretty crazy but but um yeah if you look at my the my instagram today uh one of the things i posted was um sort of a i told the story of how a howard nestor page was put together i showed the script and a couple of roughs and the final page um so i'm i have quite a few um pieces or sets of pieces that are like that. So I think I'm going to put together a, a museum exhibit for that for Portland uh, this coming year. So Stefan's a big time original art collector now. So he kind of went through uh, the whole spectrum. Yep. Probably this year, you probably were still buying some carts to complete some set at the beginning of the year. And then you bought you bought some sealed games and you got that sealed Pokemon box. And now you're already over sealed games. Now it's all about original art. Uh, I'm not saying I'm, I wouldn't quite call myself an art collector. I'm not going after like cover art or anything like that. But the internal production stuff like really speaks to me. So yeah, Stefan, you're staying ahead of the game. You're not you're not trying to focus where the other people are. You're trying to see where they're going to be in 30 years. I I know you're you're speculator game. <laughs> That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I play? Oh, I played um, what is it? What's it called King of Demons? The one that you talked about last. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I played that. I like it a lot. Yeah, it's a real good game. Yeah, yeah, it's a weird game, but it's it's really good. Yeah, I, I bought a uh, I bought a translation cart, which Tyler hates, but uh, I sure that. do, especially when there's literally a legal reissue that is available on PlayAsia for a reasonable price. Yeah, I have both. Anyway, that's what I played. Nice. Uh, okay, I guess that leaves me. What did I buy, and how did I win collecting? Okay. Um. Well, I got. I don't know, like roughly 40 Game Boy games. God so damn. that's that's what I did. <laughs> um, 
some there, notable stuff few... in there. CIB, yeah. Yeah, CIB. Uh, well, like I got Jetsons, so that's like a pretty big call out. Um, that's like Jetsons is always a pain in the ass. Those stupid Hanna Barbera games. Jetsons and Flintstones are always overpriced, no matter how you find them. Um, but I also got uh, what was the other word? I got like Animaniacs. I got Alien versus Predator. That's Spider Man. Which variant uh, of Animaniacs? Did you get the rare variant for the Game Boy? Yeah, I did not know there was a rare variant. Oh. Honestly. I'm just saying this because I learned about it this week. Let me go look okay. it up for you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, I got uh, Legend of River King, and then I got like Earthworm Jim. I got some of the Donkey Kong players' choices. I I just got a a ton of stuff, and then I also got like that Lost Vikings that uh, Stefan was so mad about. Um, so yeah, there was there was some stuff that I bought, and then I. I got Medieval, which I showed a picture of the the remaster, and I that's what I was playing recently. So, yeah. Oh, I got Popeye two for the Game Boy as well. That's like a weird one that people don't see very often. I don't see people posting about it, but it's relatively hard to find. There's also a GBA version, which is like kind of weird because there's so much weird GBA stuff, and uh, that's a whole that's a whole episode to get into. But um, yeah, that's what I bought. This was like part of my my last big spend. I'll have some cool stuff that that arrives uh, next week and over the next couple weeks because like November I'm kind of taking off unless something super exceptional happens that forces my hand. But I also got oh like this is like a weird one the the PlayStation Twin Pack for Driver and Driver Two. It's the greatest hits, but it comes in like a cardboard sleeve. It's kind of neat. Anyways, the rest of it I'll I'll talk about when it gets here. Cool. That's cool. Just to to live update everybody on this uh, amazing Animaniacs Game Boy cartridge variant I was talking about. It is literally just the first revision of the cart. Uh, so the the oh, product code on the revision? side, if it doesn't have a dash one, that is apparently oh. an uncommon first print. Okay, so it's got a dash one variant. Do you know if that also translates to the manual? Because usually those revisions carry through on the manual as well. Though not always. Here, Johnny, I'll find out live for you right now. This is, we're going to do it. Uh, okay, yes, that dash one it. is also on the manual. You got to get that no dash carton manual, guys. Go well, after the, the, Animaniacs on Game Boy. Super hot game. Everyone remembers that one. The annoying thing is because I the Animaniacs I found was actually just box and manual because I had a cart at home. So now I got to go make sure that I put the right cart in the box. Well, looking at all the ones on eBay, literally all of them are dash one, except for this one that was called out on Video Game Sage. So you're probably good. Okay. Hopefully. Hopefully. All right. That's uh, that's what I did. I Like I said, I played I played uh, Medieval, and I have Luigi's Mansion 3 raring to go, and I, I hope to get to that tomorrow. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. All right. Tyler doesn't know anything about Luigi's I, Mansion. You know, so I'm going to play it one of these days. <laughs> so all right guys uh that's our show for this evening a short one clocking in at nearly an hour and 45 minutes we did it guys we were short i told you Stefan, you cursed us right when you opened your mouth at the beginning of the show oh that's kind of short right we could have done well, two shows we could have just did the i am Ape it and nintendo age and then did a feel free show. to cut this and make it two shows oh all right and now let's go straight into what we're buying and what we're playing guys all right so let's 
pick some things we haven't talked about yet and uh, pretend we just bought them. Uh, I don't have anything. <laughs> we're gonna right. look like we're gonna look super frugal on the second episode. Yeah, I bought nothing this time around. I'm saving money. That's right. Well, there you go. Fine. Cool I didn't guy. play anything because video games suck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, Tyler, can't help you. All right, guys, tell us. Uh, hey, Stefan, tell us where we can find you and uh, Tyler on social media. Uh, so I am Archon1981, A-R-C-H-O-N 1981, uh, on video game Sage now, apparently. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Instagram primarily, also YouTube. Speaking of which, uh, my panel from Portland, which was amazing, uh, should be up on YouTube very shortly. I'm just waiting for the show to publish, and then I'm going to, uh, lovingly borrow their footage which they allowed me to do uh to do to put up my video so uh so the the panel for the gameplay counselor reunion will be up in the next couple days um so keep a look on out for that all right uh tyler anything you want to add to that no i'm there all those places i've been pretty active on video game sage and uh, i i recognize we gave them a really shout out last episode so just again thank you to all the guys who brought video game sage together so quickly and so smoothly yeah uh i would like to echo those sentiments again weren't nice about the name still (laughs) understand why it is still don't necessarily love it but i love what they are doing and i love that they were there especially when nintendo age uh fell apart and went away from us and video game sage was there like a like a warm hug said hey guys we still got you there's still a place for you so, and and uh, and they also took the lighthearted ribbing uh very well as well like when they, they did when they posted our episode they they uh it was very funny yes it, it was nice uh if you didn't tune into this podcast for people with opinions uh then i don't know why you're here so yeah. <laughs> that's what we're doing anyways you can find me johnny uh on video game sage and you can find me on instagram at johnny underscore Ayuchi. thanks so much for listening and we're going to talk to you next time all right bye